So no word from Winston Peters, no word from the New Zealand First Caucus and Board. In fact, the Board are going home. Uh, Mr Peters emerged at about 10 to 5 after another full day of talks, New Zealand First Board and Caucus, the second day, of course. That was John Campbell after the election in 2017 when he was RNZ's checkpoint host and New Zealand First Leader Winston Peters was negotiating long and hard with both major parties to form a new government. Hugh Hefner and Tom Petty were both still alive when the consultations began in Wellington but both had died by the time Winston made his mind up and the waiting was the hardest part for the parliamentary press pack. Every day they doorstepped politicians for answers, or failing that, just hints about what might be going on between whom behind closed doors. Now sometimes they got nothing, or sometimes a bit of something at the beehive lifts or the lobby, which didn't really help. Inside the elevators, reporters traipse in circles, waiting for Mr Peters to emerge. His absence is even more pronounced compared to last week's ubiquity. Then, when he had back-to-back meetings with National and Labour, he'd appear as many as eight times a day. Now, instead, we're left to interpret the cryptic comments drip-fed to us by his MP, Shane Jones. There was a verse in the Bible. I think it's Proverbs 29.14. Have a look at it now. If a king judges the poor with fairness, his throne will be established forever. Well, we all know now what happened in the end, and it wasn't quite the greatest story ever told, but it was one that went on for ages. Now, six years and two elections on, you'd think no one would be keen to repeat that experience. But last Thursday, six years almost to the day, the press pack was back, badgering the New Zealand First Leader at the airport with questions that he didn't even acknowledge, let alone answer. And TVNZ even put a video of it up on YouTube with a marking each of the 27 futile requests. Happy to be back, possibly back in town. Now it's hard to know who emerged from all that with a greater dignity deficit or from the next episode at Parliament that day. Into the Parliament, a full-scale operation through a little-known entrance. News Hub spotted him, though. Mr Peters, have you spoken to Christopher Luxon yet? Why won't you say anything, Mr Peters? Eventually, New Zealand First went into a select committee room, but more questions were shut down by the party's president, and then TV cameras were banned from an area where they're usually allowed. News Hub's Lloyd Burr said it was a sad day for media freedom, and he deployed a Washington Post-style clarion call hashtag, democracy dies in the dark. Though soon after, he seemed pacified by pastries, borne by New Zealand First media spokesperson and former MediaWorks newsreader, Jenny Marcroft. You've been waiting, so we thought we'd bring you some afternoon is this, tea. Oh, is this actually why you've come out? Yeah. Oh, thank you very you much. Uh, the whole thing. Of Kai, rather than information. Uh, there's no rhetoric to share, but there's the equivalent of loaves and fishes. OK, guys? Thank you. And that was MP Shane Jones there again with a bit of biblical filler and an echo of the election situation six years earlier. But this time, it's a different negotiation game. New Zealand First isn't picking a party to lead the next government. We already know that that will be the National Party and that their main ally will be the ACT Party. But the price to pay for Mr Peter's party's support is something that the public wants to know about and the media doesn't want to wait till next month's special vote count to find out what it is. And you can't blame them. Winston Peters made a point of saying that promises made during the election campaign are not worth confetti just the morning after the polls closed last Sunday. So it's understandable the media wouldn't be too happy to hear the Prime Minister-elect tell them on Monday not to expect too much from him. We're going to do that uh, confidentially. We're going to do that in private. We're not going to be negotiating that through the media. And you probably won't get a lot of comment from me about that.
In the same breath, Christopher Luxon said he'd already been talking to partner parties, but as we've heard, they are not talking to the media either. And shortly after that, News Talk ZB's political editor Jason Walls then went on to say the new Prime Minister had a bit of a barb for the reporters that he was keeping at arm's length. He keeps talking about these quote-unquote parlour games that the media like to play, which is terrifically offensive. Christopher Luxon, if you're listening, it's actually called reporting the news to the New Zealand public. So we can have that battle when we see him later this afternoon. And those disrespected reporters did have it out with the National Party leader again, ahead of the first caucus meeting the next day, with the Prime Minister sticking to his guns and dissing their work again. I've read a lot of punditry and commentators over my two and a half, three years almost in politics, and I just say to you, uh, often it's often very wrong. And so, again, uh, I'm not interested in too many people's reckons. We're actually going to go to work and work with the parties and the leaders involved and actually build a coalition government that's actually going to be incredibly strong. Uh, there's a lot of people with their reckons, and I just put to you, they could be very, very wrong. Now, one way not to be wrong with the reckons is, of course, to get the right stuff from the horse's mouth. But the Prime Minister-elect's stance is that you can lead him to a media conference, but you can't make him talk. And he was adamant that democracy and the media's role in it would not be diminished by that. What I'm saying to you is I just can't come out here every day and give you a blow-by-blow of what we're discussing with each of those individual could parties, be, because that's not... It's not about that. It's not about that, it's the tone that you're setting by making it sound like we are being um, you know, hungry and ferocious and impatient. No, no, I'm not meaning to say that at all to you. You've got a very important role to play as media. I fully respect that, and I want to have a strong, positive relationship with me because I think it's a very important role in our democracy. Could you then... Well, I just, uh, when I'm being asked about the approach... But when that approach is, don't approach me yet about something we're discussing behind closed doors, well, that's never going to wash with the media. The previous day, veteran political editor Richard Harmon said, on his political news site for subscribers, Politic, that National's relationship with New Zealand First had not got off to a great start. Working through back channels, he reported, the Prime Minister-elect was understood to have offered Winston Peters the role of Speaker to lock in New Zealand First support. And he reported that Winston Peters had said... Do I look like I'd be interested in the Speaker's job when asked about the offer? And that's answering a question, obviously, with another question. But on Tuesday, Richard Harmon wrote that National was trying to keep the negotiations as quiet as possible, and at that fraught media conference on Tuesday, Richard Harmon himself asked Christopher Luxon this. Will you make make secrecy a condition for the other parties to uphold when they get into talks with you? In other words, will you require that they not talk to the media while they're talking to you? I think it's in the interest. I think you'll find that uh, actually probably you know, the leaders of those of the parties will actually want to work together and actually get through this together uh, and, and rather than do it through the media is my hope could, as well. Could you be negotiations with Winston Peters with offering him the speaker? No, we haven't. We, there's, I appreciate there's lots of reckons. I appreciate there's lots of people with lots of views about what could happen. Uh, I just say to you that has not been... Well, it's it's not been reckoned, it's been reported. Uh, well, by it might be re- Richard Harmon, if you want to sure, tell us wrong. Sure, that's right. And I appreciate there's lots of reports and lots of articles that I've read and lots of columns about lots of things, and that's part of what I'm it not focused on. It wasn't a column, on. it was reported. No, no, it's not, he's not, no, he's not it. thinking it, yeah. he's reporting it. So are you it. saying he's I've wrong? I've got it, it's wrong. And there was plenty more angst over all that at that media conference, but it didn't move the Prime Minister-elect. And Winston Peters' party people and the ACT Party have also had nothing to tell the media yet about what's been discussed. Now, Richard Harmon has covered every MMP election and the configuring of coalitions that have followed. I asked him if the allied parties really do need time to talk amongst themselves in private before briefing the media, and isn't that fair enough, and maybe even 
in the public interest. We've seen some rather um, pointless stuff at the airport this week, haven't we, with people doorstopping politicians coming into Wellington and trying to get some sort of negotiating position from them. Well, they're highly unlikely to tell you if they've got one, Hmm. and they're even more unlikely to tell you while they're at Wellington Airport. Um, But, look, as the negotiations unfold... I guess people are going to be looking for nuance and the slightest, I mean, does Winston have a smile on his face today or whatever, (laughs) that kind of stuff. But really what you've got to do in a situation like this is try and get behind those closed doors metaphorically and try and work your contacts and try and find out what's really going on. To a lot of people watching the news, hearing Chris Luxon telling a bunch of journalists gathered around him in the corridors that, look, you know, it won't be helpful for me to turn up day by day and give you a blow-by-blow account, and I want to do this privately. That, that will seem reasonable to a lot of people. I mean, isn't it? Partly it is. I don't think we've ever had a situation where a leader has come out and held a press conference and said, this is what we discussed today, mm. and these were the positions. So I thought it was a bit overly optimistic on the part of some reporters there. But having said that, Luxon himself may not want to talk, but the other two negotiating parties may well want to talk. And if you go back to 2017, we had a situation where the National Party organisation was very keen to find out what was going on in the talks because they were concerned that particularly Stephen Joyce might be willing to make too many concessions to Winston Peters simply to stay in power. So there was a lot of talk going on behind the scenes with the intention that it become public so that the party could understand what was was going on and, if necessary, put their oar in. Mm. So you asked Christopher Luxon yourself at one of those stand-ups, Will you require secrecy from the other parties in the negotiations as well? Um, is, that, is that exactly why you asked that question? Absolutely. Luxon, with the best will in the world, does not have sovereignty over ACT or New Zealand First. Mm. I mean, they can make their own minds up who they talk to. Jessica Much Mackay, the political editor at TVNZ, pushed back at Chris Luxon during one of those stand-ups, I think it was on Tuesday, putting words in her mouth here, but she kind of said to him, you're painting us, the press gallery journalists, as kind of greedy, maybe a little voracious, even aggressive. Um, Do you think he is doing that? Is it a fact that he's he's perhaps just not used to this as a Prime Minister just yet? Well, I was a bit surprised at what Jessica said. I was standing almost next to her when she said it. Look, Prime Ministers are always going to set rules for their engagement with the media, Mm. but there's no law that I'm aware of that says the press gallery have to follow them. (laughs) Um, Is Luxon inexperienced with the media? Yes, absolutely. And I think he has unrealistic ideas about how government formation talks work because he talks about them as if they were a merger or acquisition. (laughs) They're not. You know, there's a huge army of people behind each party. There are people with different ambitions. There's not a clear consensus as there is in a, a company merger, that what we simply want to do is in, 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 elevate the profit and therefore the share price. There are no simple, as he might put it, KPIs for a merger. Everyone is going to have a different agenda and you've got to bring these kind of sort of complex, whirling eddies together into a whole which may or may not last. But is this, some of the things we've seen this week, this kind of face-off, if I can put it like that, Is this partly a fear of 
maybe precedent setting isn't quite right, but maybe laying down a marker. Is it is it is it the gallery and the senior political editors trying to impress upon him from day one that you know you can't keep us at arm's length like this? And it's not really about the coalition talks and, and the formation of the government? Yeah, I think you're right. I think on the campaign, what I've observed has been a growing impatience with Luxon on the part of quite usually quite balanced and reasonable journalists. There's a feeling that I think there's a frustration with his insistence on just on not answering questions, really. Mm. He just pushes talking points all the time. And he seems to regard his meeting with journalists as if he were meeting with the advertising department. And uh, I think everyone's finding that frustrating. I don't think he's going to have a particularly good relationship with the, the gallery, but he's not the first prime minister to be in that situation. Right. Well, with that in mind, I wonder if you were a bit offended to have your reporting uh, lumped in with the, the reckons, the term that he kept he kept using, and he even referred to one point, there'll be lots of people talking to their typewriters in the media about this government formation negotiation business, and you know he didn't want to play into that. How did you feel about being lumped in with the, uh, the reckons merchants? Well, you get used to it, don't you? <laughs> well, I knew the story was correct. I knew who I'd spoken to, and I also knew that most, or at least two of the political editors that I'm aware of, had spoken to very senior people in New Zealand first and had it confirmed, and even better than that, it had been confirmed, as I understand it, by John Key, by at least one journalist who phoned Key. And uh, it was a good story, I think. And uh, yeah, but look, but what Mr Luxon is going to have to get used to is that every political party in Parliament leaks. I'm absolutely certain that once they start firing public servants, the public service will start leaking as well. He can't control any of those things. But can we have any sympathy for Mr Luxon here when he refers to not wanting to feed the reckons, as he put it, during this sensitive time when negotiations are going on? Because there is a lot more opinion analysis commentary by political journalists and others, pundits, outsiders, and so on. Um, and that, that is something that will make the job harder. It's not illogical on his part, is it, to not want to give that any uh, any energy? Look, I'm sure that every political leader in Parliament would much prefer that their only encounter with the press or the media consisted of them speaking and the media not saying a word. There are some big issues on the table in these talks. There are the spending cuts, there is the Waitangi policy, and they are going to have to be negotiated. No party is going to come out of these talks with everything that they went in with. And that process will lead to people within the parties, people who voted for them, people in the public generally, asking questions. I think that's reasonable. I think it's reasonable that we try and meet that demand and try and shine some light on what's going on behind uh, those closed doors. You've made a point in your reporting of attending party events, party meetings, both not just during election campaigns, but around conference time as well, attending those sessions, rather than just reporting what leaders have to say. Is this something we need a little more of? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You make contacts. And at the end of the day, the role of a political reporter is to disclose. And to disclose, you need to be have relationships with MPs across the House. You need those need to be trusting relationships both ways. And the best place to deal with that 
is at a party conference where there's a lengthy afternoon being spent on local government remits and all the MPs want to go outside and um, have a cup of coffee or whatever. They know they're not being reported and you build a base from that that comes in is really useful at a time like this. So even if it doesn't generate a story in the here and now. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And, and for example, during the campaign, um, I went with Winston Peters to a potiki and I turned up in a potiki and the guy that was sitting the chairs out, I'd had a drink with during the New Zealand First Conference. We had quite a good chat about how things were moving in the Bay of Plenty, etc. But I also know, you know, that I can go and talk to him whenever. And another example, by attending a an ACT Party event, you heard the leader telling par- party members, he repeated that claim that, yeah, if, if we're in coalition, we will go through things with the National Party bill by bill. They will need our approval. So it was repeating something that was definitely a newsworthy claim when it was made, you know, in the earlier stages of the campaign. Oh, that's a fascinating story. I think there's a little bit more to come out about that um, because I think the people behind Seymour believed that that idea was not going to be mentioned again. But, yes, he mentioned it in a speech on uh, Saturday night in uh, Hastings. I was quite surprised that he came back to it. So probably something that will come up behind closed doors when he does meet with his (laughs) National Party counterparts, and then the leader of the National Party may or may not respond to any (laughs) journalist's questions about it in the days ahead, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Look, all of these questions are going to be asked and it won't be until we get those official results. But look, the one thing that we all are hoping for is that we're not going to go through 43 days, as we did in 1996, um, of waiting for Winston. That was Richard Harmon, former long-serving political editor of TVNZ, and now the editor of the political news site for subscribers, Politic, which this week reported overtures made to the New Zealand First Leader, which the Prime Minister-elect denied, while telling political reporters at Parliament, including Richard Harmon, not to expect too much comment from him while the talks are going on to form a new government.